0: Welcome back folks, we're here with Curtis Hill and we were just sitting there talking about the old days and one guy just came up that he will always be a living legend and we're just going to call him Mad Dog because that was his name. Uh, Mad Dog was a training officer when I got hired in 94. He was a very well established veteran. He got hired in 1968 so... Uh, The transition of what he's seen until he got to me is amazing. But uh, me and Curtis were talking about uh, getting started and having people look out for you. He uh, definitely was one of those guys that, uh, even though he didn't have to, and I got fortunate enough to actually work with him when I actually went full-time on my own and off of uh, training. But let's get back to the basics besides making us write 30,000 pages of policy back in the day when it was on a more personal le- level Mad Dog actually uh, told me with what every young deputy should know because I think the last show we were talking about uh, what people don't tell you and uh, let me lay down a list for you uh, lying will get your badge women will get your badge alcohol will get your badge join the credit union because uh, back then, when I got hired, there was really no such thing as credit. Either you had bad credit or no credit. You, you didn't build credit. And uh, join the uh, FOP slash PBA or whatever your, whatever your union re- representation was. And uh, open up a 401k. He's like, I don't care if you're putting 10 bucks in it. He goes, do the 401k. He told me those things. I immediately went out and did all those things. Uh guess what coincidentally yeah you you know when you get hired uh the job has a lot of power and just like that old spider-man thing there's a lot of responsibility that goes along with that because you uh you're uh what you were you kind of get amped a little bit like you know cuz people look at you in a different way and some people they buy into it i was uh <laughs> i always li- always aware of what he said because I think eight months eight months into the job I get called in uh, to the station and I walk in there all innocent like what does somebody want me for and this guy walks up to me and goes are you such and such and I say yeah and he gives me this big old packet freaking lawsuit a false arrest lawsuit naming me 13 other people the sheriff and I freaked me out right mm. hey cause I'm just a young guy who's broke and uh because I listened to him, that went on for about a year and a half. I, I got occasional phone call or some correspondence in the mail. It didn't cost me four or five thousand dollars to represent myself. Okay. So the union actually, you know, as bad as people would talk about it, guess what? You you never know. I've been, I don't know about you, but I've been sued twice in my career. I haven't been sued, but I did need him once. hmm <clears throat> It comes in more handy than not. It's worth paying the the dues. Everything else, yeah the 401k definitely helped uh definitely did that yep i got my credit built up and guess what i found myself always uh as far as the other three uh it just went without saying you talking about our brands you didn't lie that's you could lie to the public but you don't lie in official proceedings supervisors mm-hmm. that kind of stuff like you, if you can't figure that out there's there is something that the integrity that you should have when you get hired yes. is is that should be a staple of you getting hired, not it shouldn't occur to you to want to steal something from a crime scene. or oh, I, I mean, just some of the things that you hear these days, it's like really you are in a position where you can literally have off-duty, make as much money as you need. I mean, when I see these people like want to steal like $100 or $200 from something or even not working their off-duty, it's yeah. like you, it's, it's kind of laid out for you. It's like you know you're going to jail. <laughs> yeah, you know you so Mad Dog told me all that and then we got to be zone partners and this is one of my, my favorite Mad Dog stories. Uh because we <laughs> hey we were zone partners and I'm still learning. I got a million questions and uh just scared of making mistakes. So domestic violence was just the new hot button. So I'm driving down this street and I drive up on a whole bunch of dresser drawers and clothes laying out in the middle of the frickin' road. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> This, this woman comes out of, of the, it was like a, a duplex. She comes out of the duplex, and she's crying. got the whole makeup all over the face thing. And she's, uh, you know, uh, boyfriend, husband, whatever, cheating on her. And I'm throwing out all this crap and everything. And she's pretty tipsy, but nothing outrageous. So, Mad Dog drives up. And I'm talk- I've been talking to her for like a good two or three minutes. He heard the call. He showed up. And uh, he hey, what you got, boy? And I'm like, oh, you know, I got it. She's she's a little trippy. I can get everything, you know, taken care of. And and he looks at me, and he goes, you need to take her to jail. And I go, no, no, I got it, and, you know. Like, it wasn't talking back to him, but it's like, no, no, I got this, you know. Like, something I wouldn't have said, like, when I was, uh, like, still in training. And he just, he looks at me, and he kind of gives me the little head shake. Like, he puts the car in gear, and he goes and parks across the street. It's like, we're actually... Down by the juvenile courthouse. I mean, uh, yeah, the courthouse. He parks across the street under a tree. And all I can see is like, it was totally, all I can see is his cigarette like getting brighter and going back down. Going brighter, going back down. He's just sitting there. I'm like, this motherfucker, he ain't help me out, whatever. I'm talking to this lady and like shit goes bad really, really quick. He's letting you learn. Oh, yeah. I'm fighting with this freaking lady. She she, <laughs> she freaking just, she the, the freaking switch flips. She's fighting me tooth and nail, she, and she's a big woman, and she's not fat. She's taller than me, and she weighs more than me. We both hit the side of my car, and this is, if you're if you in the studio right now, you'll notice that I'm like wearing some kind of watch. Since this incident, I'm telling you, I had never worn a watch until I retired, because the first thing that happened, I bought this brand new freaking watch. We hit the side of my car, and all down the face of the front fender was my watch face just being scratched all the crap. It was so freaking humid. I'm like laying on the ground. I look up to see, you know, I'm thinking he's coming, right? No, he's, the cigarette's still toking off. You're still learning. <laughs> I'm still learning. You're taking this lesson. I freaking, I finally get her cuffed up. It's one of those humid nights. It's like 106 sauna-like, so I'm I'm just soaked. And I get her in the car, and I'm sitting there leaning on the car. catch my breath, of course. Like, I, at the car, I see the back lights come on, and. He slowly drives up and he rolls well the wind is already rolled down. He looks, he looks at me, he goes, Told you and he just drives off. <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah, he did tell me. <laughs> but little thing we had all these little adventures of it was almost like an Antiope thing. Yeah. He he's he's just like, Hey, uh uh one other story. I, I just got my cell phone and you know, we work midnight, so two or three o'clock in the morning, there's nobody to call. We had this oddball thing of uh, a car ran over a pipe in his lady's yard and it was like a little gusher yep, showing up in the yard. And you know, I'm I'm like he, he pulls up and that was this thing was like, What we got here, boy? And I'm like, you know, I said, I'm trying to call a water company. I got like my big phone book out and trying to call these emergency numbers. So nobody's answering. And he just looks at me and just kinda of shakes his head again. He 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 goes and he picks up a stick. This that's truth. He goes and picks up a stick, goes up to the ladies porch, and he starts whittling. That's where my little Annie Griffith reference comes in. He's just sitting there whittling once again. Mad Dog ain't helping me. What the hell? <laughs> Why is he even here? Uh, you know, after a couple of minutes of me sticking in the ball. Yeah. A- after a couple of minutes of me not getting anybody and still, you know Yeah, he comes up and he, <laughs> he takes his little whittling stick and he j- jams in the pipe, <clears throat> water stops. He's like Let's go get some tea, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I like son of a bitch. I just everything was like a freaking learning he experience. Me. He said whittling. I was
1: like, oh, <laughs> he's making it fit in the hole. There you go.
0: Everything was a was a learning experience. He had so much experience, and and I remember when he actually cut me out on my own because he he pretty much it was one of those very polite ways of saying stop asking me all these dumbass questions. You know your job moments, you know. There you go. And, and I think it was something simple. I asked, I asked a really dumbass question. I was like, I asked him, I noticed a couple of yellow fire trucks. I don't know if you remember yes. back in the day, yeah. the fire trucks. I was like, hey, Mad Dog, why why are the trucks painted yellow now? And he just stops and looks at me and goes, because that's just the color they're painting these motherfuckers. Why do you stop asking me all these stupid questions? <laughs> so I'm like, I've graduated. From then and there, we got to be actual zone partners and – he trusted my opinion. He actually listened to me every once in a while. When he got into old man mode, which I eventually got to, where it was like, yeah, this, this, you know, those calls, where it's like, man, there's no reason to do a report on this. And then if you're younger, you're like, well, yeah, because if I don't, this will come back to bite me kind of thing. Oh, he, yeah. He, he listened to a couple of those things, but a lot of it was just of him molding a lot of people, you know. So I was very fortunate to get to – uh work with him for at least a, a couple of years yeah so i had to get that that tribute out to him because he really uh was paramount in getting me started on the right track he was
1: part of the group when i came on
0: board in, in ftp and mm-hmm. so he he was
1: the one and i and i think I, I i if i didn't say it to you before i remember i was talking about you know i got these i got my kids and i just, was like where are we going and i want to try and get a better squad or better shift he was like we didn't issue kids <laughs> so I was like, what? What, what? what? <laughs> It confused the hell out of me. it's like, we didn't issue any kids in supply. What are you talking about? I'm like, what the hell? That, that was <laughs> him. That was him. But uh no, I, I, I and I and one of those um I, I used to work a, a show that came uh twice a year and he was always behind the uh in in the capacity of law enforcement, him and his wife worked it, and I'd like to say a lot of the guys that worked at the range worked it, and they're in plain clothes, and it was a, a high value item show, and they worked it. So that, and I got a chance to work with him a bunch then. And right. So, and I think at that time um, there was a, a couple other guys that worked out there, but you got to know who he was. But part of the list of stuff that you you know I mean, you put out a couple of things uh, of what we're going to talk about. And I was going to talk uh, about race, and I know that in our profession, because mm-hmm. a lot of people think that you know, they think. And I was say a lot of people think white cops are racist, right? And here, that's a white officer, and you, you might have heard him say, "Boy," but some people yeah, think it, that in the wrong yeah, way. Yeah, they, they it definitely it, was not taken it that it, way. It wasn't taken in that way because if you grow up in, yeah, you know, and I grew up in New York. But I, uh, my family's from North Carolina, and my father's from Georgia. But, you know, they say boy if you were younger. Mm-hmm. Was, you're younger. You're right. going to be a boy if you're younger than whoever it was. It wasn't boy as in your, you know, right. whatever. And so here he is. You just said he put to you, um, this is what you do to survive out here. You need to do this 401K. This He, he, he actually... And I'm going to say it the best way. The, well, not even the best way. The way I'm going to say it is not even political. This white male police officer told you how to protect your future and how to prepare your future, and it had nothing to do with race.
0: No, And, 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 and
1: so I, I think that's overlooked a lot, mm-hmm. and and, and, and the people have their preconceived notions. And you know, and I had you know a, a white male supervisor to say to me because uh, we're black males. Uh, they say, uh, uh, and they said, This is what you need to do here, and to make your career go a certain way. i there are so many people that were white that took care of me right constantly yeah. you, you couldn't make you, it you, without you, that. you, you couldn't you know, <laughs> like and and it was funny because one of them told me about you know testing. It was like, we need a certain number of of minorities to be in supervision. And somebody said, well, that's kind of messed up, because, you know, now they got this, they try to do this reverse affirmative action, so and all this other craziness. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, well, if we don't have a certain number of minorities, we won't get this government funding. There you so go. he said, so if you don't like, he said, if you want this uh, AR or this and that, he said, you want all these toys? Yeah, well, you better be diverse." And he's like, so if you're ready to give up all these toys, and he said it so blame to them. He was like, you, you know, he said, so I need uh, this gentleman to, to do this so we can continue to get that funding. And, that, and, you know, I think me and you were talking on the last one in reference to arrest. Um, I think that that marker or um, I, whatever the, the, the arrest stats, mm-hmm are tied with our funding. So here we go with that. You can't show that we're doing stuff if you're not making the arrest. But is is that the only gauge to go off of? Because, you know, your community involvement. <laughs> yes, say, it was. It, <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it's sad that it has to be that way, that your gauge is this. And it, and it doesn't mean that you're not doing anything. It just means that you might not have anybody to take to jail or no one needed to go to jail. Yeah, and, and, and
0: so... Well and, and well you know how that worked too because yeah, guess what? You're, you're you need to go out looking for stuff. You can't there's always somebody to take to jail. Yeah, but you know <laughs> it's
1: it's it's crazy because you, you we have that. Um remember how we had what you're supposed to do on one hundreds, what you're supposed to do on two hundreds, what you're supposed to do on three hundreds, and it's,
0: and it had what you're supposed to do
1: and no one was following it. Because
0: yeah, it's not practical. <laughs> <laughs> so, why do you have it as a policy? Everything that you're saying is like it came along after my time. Like, you're, yeah. I'm just But it's like those those are the. That's been the whole trend of, I guess, your upper management just coming up with these brilliant ideas. And uh, the problem is, is normally, uh, I think you gave an exception to the rule of uh, actually like a captain actually coming out to a scene. Oh, yeah. To, to see how things really are. Yes. Versus sitting in your office going by what you uh, recall teenth years ago. But, yeah, as far as being uh, taught a lot, Mad Dog also, like, after a call, we get done with a robbery call or whatever, and, and he was very good at reading people. I don't know if people, I, I give, I always gave him credit because he, he kind of told me, you know, he got hired in 68 and how the way it was. As, as Barb, every, you know, every generation that comes along thanks the generation that came along after them are a bunch of pussies, <laughs> Hey, like, hey, 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 it's, it's just what it is. Like, Hey, yeah. I'm sorry. He's looking at us because These guys are soft and we're saying the same thing about the generation that came along after us. And, you know, it's just, it's that trend in law enforcement. Everybody, uh, that's just a, a perception. Like the stuff that, uh, we used to do, like you can't do anymore. And I hear those stories from my uncle and people like mad dog, like, Hey, I, we did this. And it's like, yeah, these days, you just can't walk up to somebody mm-hmm. and say, uh, what's your name? And, and, Calling me difficult and hit him in the head with a blackjack. <laughs> my my uncle will tell those stories all day long, and you could do that, and you know. But bottom line, is these guys were getting hired in sixty eight and sixty nine, and talking about like white officers or whatever and this and that. And you, you know, Mad Dog like after a call because his he lived in his the own.
1: There you go. So yeah. You got to
0: be there, and they're gonna know you, yeah. and you're gonna run into them. But but that was one of any one of the adventures that we'd had. Like we actually gotten a. It, it was kind of it's crazy that I wish it was like little things remind you of stories. Mm-hmm. This corner right here, we got in a, we got in a fight with some guy on a domestic hall and we both had him and we tried to get him against the wall and he hit his forehead like directly on the corner of like, oh. and it was like, Holy crap. I mean, we had like totally destroyed his house. This guy just was, wasn't going anywhere. And afterwards that was one of uh mad dog's favorite things. Like we'd get wrapped up when we cleared the jail or whatever. He'd, like, Let's go to the house and get some tea, boy. <laughs> and we, hey, we. I was always invited over for leftovers, because you know it's like two or three o'clock in the morning we're eating. He's always got tea, and it's like always invited to the house. You know that that kind of thing stuff. we always appreciated because he had he had two sons that worked for the agency. They both great guys, yeah. great guys. Not not just all right guys. They were they were great guys. Yeah. To hang out with and uh, he had a good family. Oh yeah. And, and you know he passed away a, a few years ago, but. Uh, just keeping tabs on things, but yeah, no, uh, just had to call that out because he he was around for a lot of my my first two or three years in in the profession, so ha- had to had to call that out. And we're not going to talk about how I got his name, so he was no. pretty much <laughs> he was he was pretty much legit. I I had uh I think on on the closing of of uh Mad-Duck story, I uh one of the one of the supervisors I was talking to ages ago, and they were like, oh, well, yeah, he, it was that perception that if you had spent your whole career on patrol, you were lazy. That's, that's what the, the thinking started to be, and it's just quite the opposite. You know, working patrol is the hardest freaking job in the agency. It's a trick bag, because you don't know what you get in that day. No.
1: Every day is, you, you know, you might, somebody could think it, but like, you don't know what you're
0: walking into. Nope. Not at all. At. Oh, every day for years and you know what you start doing you start role-playing in your mind when you're off I mean it consumes you Yeah. It, and if it doesn't you're a special kind of person yeah. but you should always run scenarios through your head they they teach you that and uh, one of my training officers and, huh. and I remember this also but and this was the real side of the coin he says if you don't go to work every day thinking that you may have to kill somebody, you're in the wrong profession Yeah, because you, you don't yeah, know. Might. You yeah. might have a day where nothing happens, and then you might have a day where, you, <laughs> hey, the shit hits the fan, and, you, you know, you, you don't know. Some some guys start out FTO, first first day getting a shooting. Yeah. Right. Or somebody go through it, and you may not see a shooting for your whole career. Yeah. It, it's, it's a crap shoot, but don't ever think it's not going to happen. But
1: and but you're right, and then but it's just the patrol is is you know that's where the rubber meets the road. I understand we have the specialty units and that's fine, but this because you don't know and you're the first line of defense. You're the first one there. I don't care what it is like. Recently, just now, well, last night I guess they had that shooting in in Maine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and okay, the people that I know. Okay, homicide might be coming. All these other people might be coming, but the first people to get there is patrol, yes. and they're gonna have to, you know, f- do the triage. They're gonna do the the, the the crime scene. They're gonna do everything prior to all the specialties getting there. So they, to mm-hmm. to to think that you're sitting on patrol and you're just riding it out—that's crazy. That's this—it's insane
0: because you just you you get everything. Yep, <clears throat> you have to you have to find out what's going on. Uh, where the shooter is, the shooter still there? Yeah, all that. Is all that stuff like you know? And somebody's always calling, want to know what's going on. Yeah. Like as the, you're trying to get the information yeah. or treat people or whatever you're trying to do. Yeah.
1: And and you just said it. I, yeah. I had one call like that, and um, they, I literally it was a nine one one call. And then was supposed to be some emergency at a gas station. I get to the gas station, the car coming out hits me, and then they're pointing at the car, and I go after the car. And it goes down a couple of streets, blah, blah, blah. And literally, uh, it's, I think, four in the car and then two from the house. So the four cop out the car, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, get down on the ground. And then two come out of the house, get your ass back in that fucking house. Right. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and then, I mean, literally, I I got teaser in one hand, a gun in another hand. And they're calling me on the radio. I can't answer it. Like <laughs> no, my yeah. hands are full, right? And, you know, they're full, and I and, and and of course you know policy now. You shouldn't have both, right? Right. So, well, one got tased, one got contact tased and pushed away, and then freaking by that time the cavalry was coming. But that takes what you just said takes a lot of talent. Yeah, I, could, <laughs> I couldn't pull that off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, contact. Yeah, and then uh, the cal- the cavalry arrived, and you know they got dealt with. Mm-hmm. Um, it was back in the day they got dealt with. And this is prior to the camera, but I did everything I was supposed to do. And lo and behold, I didn't know, but just like how you said on the, oh, I think um, how you said on the, the uh, previous one, when you said Mad Dog, well, no, in this one, you said Mad Dog was watching, well, right? Someone was watching from their porch right, in the dark and saw everything and was able to write a great statement. And they were like, the deputy, you know, was, you know, stopped the car, told him to get on the ground. The people didn't get on the ground. They tried to surround the deputy, Tased one and tase the other one. And yeah. he documented everything that I wasn't seeing. I was just responding. Right. You know, I'm in my mode of survival. Luckily, I didn't, you know, use my firearm. I could have because he's, he, he's justified it. He said saying that right. that hey they were trying to surround him and I could have and luckily I didn't have to but then he at the very end I love his statement his statement was and a small fleet
0: of deputies arrived <laughs> and resolved the situation and you, you <laughs> had a author witness that's awesome yeah and versus the people who can uh can't put an X down but yeah, yeah I just wanted to. Just wanted a little uh, shout out to Mad Dog and that one, and then we were talking. We're still, we're still launching. We're still like the first year of our careers. We haven't even like scratched the surface or whatever. But uh, we're gonna, we're gonna just call this episode Mad Dog. Yeah. And then we're gonna go ahead and uh, sign off. Want to say thank you for uh, participating, and only because you knew him too. That kind of makes it special. Oh, it was great. <laughs> I mean,
1: like he was great, and he always kept you on your toes, and he always pointed you in the right direction and i would like to say because of his his visage you know how he looked people would think he was um more gruff than what he was he he's going to he's just direct right he's direct that's a, that's the best way i can say it. he was direct and it was didn't that give you the bullshit fluff
0: you it's going to be this and you need to understand this and that's it. And, and, and we don't get that anymore. And, and as at the end of the career, I like to think I was kind of like like that. You you need to you need to hear things like that, it, from direct people who've been there and kind of seen things. And because you know just for the fact that he was still around when I came on, yeah, that he went through a lot of stuff and he as he learned how to survive. Yeah, he got he could learn and survive, which is the the moral of the story. Because right now, like in this this climate now, we can. Pick us up on the next episode, but uh, cops can't really learn to get that experience because sometimes they're they're just chopped off at the block. Like, you know, we can't have this guy. Uh, there's no something intentful. Okay, fine, yeah. If you're stealing whatever, but if you're a, a lot of things are, are learning experiences. How are you supposed to get the experience if you're not able to uh, learn from your mistakes and, and and not get crucified for them? But I'll just leave that one at that. So I will talk to you on the next show.